Good morning, Valley family, and happy Palm Sunday to you today. We're so thrilled to have you with us, joining us on the online campus as we just open God's Word together today. Well, we're in week six of our seven series where Jesus is describing to us in the book of John who he really is and how he wants us to relate to him. And I just think it's so genius of Jesus because he just kind of breaks it down for us. And he uses his common things like the bread. He says we're also the door. Or he's the door, the good shepherd, the light, the way, the truth. And today's I am statement, he's going to tell us that he's a vine. And not just any vine, that he is the true vine. So let's look in John 15 together as we get started. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. It says, abide in me and I in you, as the, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And the big idea that we want to talk about today is that when your connection to God is weak, you will be too. When our connection to God is weak, we're going to be weak. And it's so important to recognize that in our Christian walk. You know, I think it's important, too, just to recognize the context that Jesus is speaking these words. Um, it happened in the upper room. As we talked about last week, Greg was talking about how he had the Last Supper in the upper room. So it was from then to the Garden of Gethsemane. He has this conversation with his disciples. Jesus knew that his death was imminent, that he was heading to the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas had already left. There's only 11 of them now. And he kind of just takes an after-dinner walk with the disciples. And they head down from—actually, we have some great friends that go to Israel every year. And they're telling us just—by the way, Greg and I are going, and I cannot wait to be able to walk in those steps that Jesus walked in to see— just see the scriptures come alive. So if you want to join us, feel free. We have brochures in there. I can answer any questions. But in this particular place, just imagine it. They said it's, like a, it's a mile walk from the old city of David, where the upper room supposedly was, a mile walk down to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then on both sides were, on one side, acres and acres of vineyards. And on the left side was a temple that had like a gate with a golden vine on it. And so Jesus is walking with them in this after-dinner conversation, and he's just commenting on what they are seeing at the time. They're seeing the vineyards. They're seeing this vine on the temple gate. And Jesus is using those, that imagery just to pump it full of meaning for them to understand about the connection that's so important for us to have. You know, Jesus is telling his disciples, as he's telling us today, that in those last few hours before he's going to the cross, that the key to winning in life, the key to bearing fruit in this life, is abiding. And what does abiding mean? Abiding means to remain, to continue, to stay, and to wait. To stay and to wait. I love the message translation of that particular verse. It says, live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you. Is Jesus your home this morning? He wants to be where you park it, where you reside, where you remain in him. 
In John 15, 5, it goes on, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. But then he says this thing, he says, without me, you can do nothing. Because I'm sitting there going, I can do nothing. What does it mean? I can't do anything without God? You know, I can't, but I can't balance my checkbook. I can't, like, go to the store. I can't go to the office. What does Jesus mean when he says we can't do anything without him? What he's saying there is that we're not going to be able to bear the fruit that he wants us to bear in this life, fruit that's going to bring glory to God, that we're not going to be able to do that unless we're tapped into the power source, the true vine, unless we're tapped into him, that we're never going to be able to walk, truly walk in everything that he has purposed for us to walk in in this lifetime if we're not tapped in to the power source, Jesus and truth is, we're not going to be able to love people the way that he's calling us to love them, because how many know there are people out there that are difficult to love? We're not going to be able to do that if we're not plugged in to the vine. And that we really cannot be the true version of ourselves that God created us to be and walk in if we're not totally tapped into Jesus for our strength. And so Jesus is kind of illustrating here in this vine branch analogy just a type of dependence that he wants us to have to him. Now, I think, you know, as Americans, we have a hard time with dependence because we're all about being independent. And I think even some of us with different personality styles have a hard time with being dependent on somebody. I know for me, when I was a young girl, my favorite thing to say to my mom and my dad was like, I do myself. I do myself. You know, and then as I got older, it ended up being, I got it. I got this. I got this, you know, but that's not the kind of dependence that God is saying that he wants from us. Jesus is saying to us that he wants us to be dependent on him, and if we're truthful, a lot of times that doesn't happen until in life we face things where we realize, I don't got it. I don't have it. I can't do this. Maybe it's at the, maybe it's at the altar before you say, I do. That realization hits. Maybe it's at the birth of a child. Maybe it's an opportunity that lands in your lap that you know is beyond your ability, and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do this. Maybe it's facing life without that person that you just thought was always going to be by your side. Maybe it's walking out that diagnosis and just coming to that place where like, God, I can't. I don't have it. I don't have it in me. And it's in those times when God wants us to recognize we are dependent on him. We're dependent on him. I think for me, the first time that I really remember that feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't have it, was actually when I was engaged to be married to Greg. <laughs> had nothing to do with him. It had all everything to be about me. Um, and it was funny because he always, you know, talks about this is our 30th year, that I deserve some medal for being married to him for 30 years. Honestly, it's probably the other way around because in our premarital class, he, he was doing a personality profile. We both had to, and the pastor was kind of going over that with us. And I remember Greg's was kind of like, you know, Greg, your personality type is the life of the party, warm, engaging. And, you know, he was like, Susie, your, your personality as a melancholy cleric, you're kind of rigid, structured type of person that would just like exude disapproval. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, oh my gosh, I am that person. I am that person that sees the cup sometimes half empty or that, that one thing that's out of place. I just, I, I see it. I can tell you three ways how to fix that. I am that type of person, you know, and that I do like structure in my life because then I feel like I can control it. And, you know, just, I was like, oh my goodness, do I have it in me to overcome my own things, to overcome selfishness, to prefer somebody over myself? Can I really do that? 
you know, and just that realization, like, oh my goodness, can I really be that? Because I was competitive. I was, in my mind, right most of the time, and my way was always the better way, and who wants to be married to that? So I remember having a conversation with Greg, like, oh my goodness, do you realize what you're getting, you know? But one thing I did recognize as I looked at what God's word said that was expected of me as a godly wife, and I realized, you know what, I don't have this in me, and I know it. But I do know that I have a connection to the one that's going to give me the strength to be able to be the wife that God's called me to be. And I think if we're honest, when we have those situations, it's like we, we grab a hold of God's grace for that day, and then that day turns into a week, and that turns into a month, into years, and then you look back, and you're like, oh my gosh, God, you've been so faithful. Not that it hasn't been without its bumps, and I've had to like make it right and say I'm sorry, and grab grace and, and continue, but God, you're there as that power source in my life, that dependence. And so in this passage, Jesus is saying that through me, the life and the power of God flows, and that if you connect yourself to me, that I'll flow through you, and it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter your past, it doesn't matter those things about you, that you will bear fruit if you're connected to me. I love the quote by Tony Evans that says, to the degree to which you connect everything in your life to Christ is, is the degree to which you will experience everything that God has for you in Christ. I want to ask you something this morning. Do you want to be the best version of yourself? Because if you do, that is only going to come by abiding, by abiding. And so I just want to spend the last little rest of our time really together just talking about four connections between the branch and the vine that really that we can apply to our relationship with God and just see when God, when Jesus said, you're the, I'm the vine, you're the branch, this is what he was meaning. And the first of those is that the vine branch relationship is organic. The, the vine branch relationship is organic. It's an organic type of relationship. It's not mechanical. It's not methodical. It's organic. There's like this essence of life to it. It's that it's living and it's dynamic and it's growing. That's what it means to be organic. And Jesus is saying, I want that type of relationship with you, like the vine has with its branches. Not a formula, not boxes to check off, not like a list of do's and don'ts, not like the religious thing that you do just so that you can get God to do something for you, because that's transactional, that's methodical, that is not organic. And Jesus is telling us in James 4, 8, he says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And so organic is really just being aware of God's presence with us each and every day, each moment of our lives, because God's word tells us that he is closer to us than our very breath. He is right there, and he wants that organic relationship. He wants us to be honest with him when we're going through things like, God, I need you. Oh my gosh, I messed up. I need you to come in and give me wisdom how to work this out. And just being, you know, honest with him, that it's that, it's that interchange with him of showing our dependence in that. God, I need your divine ability. He's like, hey, you're talking dependence. I'm all over that because I love it when you're dependent on me. You know, and God just wants that type of friendship with us. Kind of like you have with a friend that, you know, when something wonderful happens, you can't wait to call them. God wants to be that kind of friend for you and for me. Is your relationship with God organic? Is it growing? Is it living? Is there that friendship kind of thing to it? Because Jesus is telling you, I want that kind of relationship with you. I want that organic relationship to you, like the vine and the branch have. 
And the second connection we can see with the vine and the branch is that the vine and the branch relationship is exclusive. It's exclusive. Now, if you think about it, these branches on the vine, they're not looking around the vineyard going, oh, I want to go over to that vine. They have better shade over there. I think I'm going to head over to that one. You know, the vine branch is a committed relationship. They're attached right there. Uh, and this is what Jesus said when he said, I am the true vine. He's the true vine, true vine. He says true vine because he recognizes there are other vines out there in this life that we can attach ourselves to. Maybe that vine could be our career. Maybe it's the pursuit of just money, 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 money. Maybe it's the party scene. Maybe it's a relationship in your life. You know, but there are false vines out there that promise to fill us full of meaning and essence of life, but in the end leave us empty and shriveled and just dried up. And so as we look at verse 2 there, it says that he takes away the branch that is not bearing fruit. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He takes away. You know, a branch that is connected, he's talking about a branch that is connected. So you're in the body of Christ, you are connected, but you're just not bearing fruit. Maybe that branch connected itself to a different vine, a false vine, and looking for other things. And I love just that take away, because in Greek that word is ario, and it means to take up, to lift up from the ground, lift with the intention to carry. Could that be you this morning? Maybe you're in the family of God, and you're like, you know what, I am not bearing fruit. I'm barely, I barely made it in here. My life is a mess. Well, God wants to lift you up. He wants to take you with intention to carry and lift you from the ground and reattach you to the vine so that you can have that vitality back, so you can be connected to the true vine and have that health restored and that exclusive vine branch relationship. Such a beautiful picture when Jesus chose that to portray what it's supposed to look like, our relationship with him. The second connection between the vine and the branch is the vine branch relationship is continuous. The vine branch relationship is continuous. No, continuous is the opposite of on again, off again. Continuous is the opposite of sporadic, here and there, here a little bit, there a little bit. Instead, it's that continuous connection, that continuous connection. And honestly, as as believers, as branches, we need to make that an, a priority in our life every day that we connect to the vine, that we get the, the strength and the power that we need for that day. And why is that? As we said before, because if our connection to God is weak, then we are going to be weak as well. So, you know, we can't grow strong in our relationship with God if we're constantly connecting, disconnecting, connecting, disconnecting. You know, I think for me, even... As a pastor, there's been seasons where, you know, I get so busy serving God that I'm not taking enough time for him to fill into me. And I can tell you exactly when those times are happening because I got no overflow. I have nothing in the tank. It's like I'm giving and I just feel empty inside and I just don't have it to give. And I think it's true with everyone and whatever, wherever we find ourselves is, the truth is for all of us that, that you are as close to God as you want to be. I am as close to God as I want to be. We all have that choice about how continuous we want to be with God in that relationship. And I think sometimes we tend to overcomplicate it. I know I have in my Christian walk tend to really overcomplicate this. 
but just being spending time and connecting to Jesus is really rather simple. It's carving out time in your day, whether it's your morning is best for you or whatever, but just taking that time to be quiet, to tell God how you're doing, sit quietly, let him talk to you a little bit, maybe put on a worship song and just worship him right there in just the privacy of your car or whether it's in your room, wherever you're at, just having that time with him, opening a passage and reading it, waiting for something just to leap out on the page that you just, oh, it's your word for that day, you know, and a lot of it, like I said, it's just being honest with God. God, I'm really struggling right now. I don't know where to begin, but you know, just give me your grace. Give me your grace. Maybe it's changing up a bit. Maybe you go take a walk, enjoy nature, that sort of thing, or keep a journal, write out your prayers, whatever it is. I mean, face it, in our time right now, so with social media and everything out there, we have at our fingertips, just on our phone alone, all these different apps, the YouVersion app, wonderful Bible reading plans. I like the first 15. That's like one of my favorites right now. But you have all kinds of things that will help you get into God's Word to connect. I mean, we've got devotional Bibles where we have something of inspiration. We've got study Bibles if you want to go deep. It doesn't matter, but it's the whole idea is that you're connecting to the vine each and every day. And then more importantly, the rest of the day recognizing that He's with you that we practice his presence with us, that, that regardless if I'm sitting in the doctor's office waiting room or whether I'm waiting on the carport, whatever it is that you're waiting, that God is right there with you always throughout your entire day and recognizing that and being aware of his presence. I know sometimes I'm talking to myself in the car. People think I'm talking to myself in the car because I'm really talking to him as I'm driving or I'm at a stoplight. People look over at me. I'm like, <laughs> like, think I'm on the phone, not necessarily just talking, you know, to myself, but so just being aware of his presence all the time, knowing that he is closer to us than our very skin, and that he's looking down with us with a smile on his face, not a scowl, you know, wanting to lift us up and to carry us and to grow delicious fruit through us. How is your relationship with God? How is your connection with the vine? Is it hit or miss? Is it sporadic? Is it Christmas and Easter? Here or there, here a little bit, there a little bit, every once in a while? Because the truth is, you will never be able to grow something like this. I want to show a picture of these grapes. You're never going to be able to grow that kind of grape, that kind of fruit in your life, if your connection with the vine is not continuous. If we're going to grow those kind of grapes, and those just look delicious, like I feel like I could just pluck one off. If we're going to grow those kind of grapes, our connection to the vine has to be continuous. It has to be exclusive, and it has to be organic. I love the way Max Lacato said it. He said, the duty of the branch is to cling to the vine. That's our duty. We just have one duty as a branch, and that is to cling to the vine. Reminds you of a little child when the parents are, you know, checking them in someplace at the nursery or daycare, whatever. They're hanging up, please don't go. Clinging to their leg. I mean, that's that clinging, that we cling to the vine. That's what Jesus is saying our responsibility is as a branch. And that brings us to our last connection between the vine and the branch relationship, and that is that God intends for us to be productive. The vine and branch relationship is productive. There's something that God wants us to do. In John 15, 8, he says it this way. He says, By this my Father is glorified, that you do what? That you bear much fruit, not just some fruit, much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. And really, that's a sign that we're his disciples. 
If you're a disciple of Jesus, you should be bearing fruit in your life. And the truth is, you know, Greg was talking last week about one out of one of us dies. The truth is, the reason why we are still here on this earth, the reason why we still have breath in our lungs, is because we still have an assignment for him while we're here. He wants us growing fruit in our lives. He wants us to bear fruit that's going to glorify him in this lifetime. You know, God has called us to be influencers in our world, wherever we are, that our world, we're supposed to be influencing them. And that, you know, that, that we live in a world that needs Jesus. And as God's sons and daughters, we, as Greg said in weeks past, we are all privileged as his sons and daughters. We're privileged to be his kids. But with privilege comes responsibility. And Jesus is saying, we're responsible to be bearing fruit, not just a little, but much fruit while we're here on this planet. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is we're abiding fruit test is, are we abiding? If you don't see any fruit, then the abiding isn't happening in our lives. You know, I think the sad thing is we probably all know Christians, you know, that, that give Jesus a bad name, you know. So maybe they're people who never miss a Sunday, but they are a complete jerk in the office, you know. Or maybe they're always talking about the podcast they're listening to, you know, always, you know, always taking in, always taking in spiritual food, podcast, this, sermon after sermon, but it's never changing their life, and they're screaming at their kids and, and rude to their husband. It's just not, it's not translating into fruit in their life. Because the test isn't how much are we taking in. The test is how much are we applying and letting it change our life. That's how you know that you're connected to the true vine. Is, is it organic? Is it exclusive? Is it continuous? And is it producing fruit in our lives? And Galatians 5 tells us exactly what that fruit should be in our lives. Galatians 5, says, But the fruit of the Spirit, that's the fruit that the Holy Spirit will cultivate in our lives as we're attached to the vine, is love. How loving are you? Is joy. Are we joyful? Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. Darn it, why did self-control have to be one of them? No, it's just like those are the ones, if those are exhibiting in our lives, that is not just hearing the word, it's letting the word change us. You know, as we read the word, as we tend church with the body of believers, as we get into a small group and we just, how do we apply what we're learning into our lives so that we can live changed, so that we can live bearing fruit? Because if there is a gap in our connection to the vine, there's going to be a stunt in our fruit production. That's just the way it is. That's just part of agriculture in the Vine Brandt world. So I know Coach Greg likes to say all the time that we gather here to scatter, to scatter out into our world and to make a difference. But the truth is, whether we win or lose during the week, all is dependent on if we're abiding during the week. Because if we're not abiding, we're not going to be able to make any impact. I love how we said it a couple years ago. We talked about fruit, that we should have juicy fruit. I think we even gave out packs of juicy fruit gum as a, a little you know, symbol there. But, but is our lives giving juicy fruit? Would the people in our lives say that our fruit is juicy? Our family, our friends, our coworkers, that we need to abide to be able to have that kind of juicy fruit. So, so far today we've learned that to the degree that our connection with God is weak, so we will be as well. 
and that we need to be organic and have an organic, exclusive connection to the true vine so that we can produce that juicy fruit. But really, none of that was going to be possible without the process of pruning. Without the process of pruning. You know, pruning is all part of the whole fruit production. Scripture actually tells us that pruning is a reward. Ooh, pruning is a reward for a fruitful branch that is being pruned. John 15, 2 says it this way, Every branch that bears fruit, God is so happy, the bearing fruit, that he prunes it, that it can bear more fruit. So it's a reward for those. Uh, I think we think about it, it's like, if you've ever seen anything get, get pruned, or you're actually pruned things in your own garden, you know, it is, it does not look nice. I almost have to look away because it looks too painful. But there's things that pruning involves. Pruning involves cutting things back, I mean, cutting things off, and secondly, cutting things back. So sometimes the, the, uh, the gardener has to cut it totally off. Other times he just has to kind of trim it back a little bit. And let's, let's face it, there are things that kind of grow in the vine that do need to be cut off, whether it's a diseased branch that needs to be cut off, whether it's one that's infested with a bunch of bugs. I know we've had that in our, in our yard before with different branches. Or maybe it's unruly growth that is just has no purpose except drawing the sap into the wrong place. Whatever it is, it has to be cut off. And really the mechanism of pruning is that the gardener can steer the sap to the right place so that it makes those beautiful grapes that we just saw instead of it being siphoned off into something else that is going to be fruitless. And so that's the job of the gardener, the vine dresser. I can remember about 15 years ago, we had a tree in our backyard. It wasn't really, uh, it had no branches on it. It was just this tree trunk in the back, and it was like a hazard for the next windstorm that was coming. So we invited a landscaper to come in, and I remember I was waiting for him to come, and during that time, we were just kind of going through a difficult season in the church. We had several families that were leaving for different reasons. Some were leaving kindly, some were leaving not so kindly, and, and I remember just my heart like breaking, like, God, what is going on? I, I love these people. We have shepherded them for 15 years, and, the, and they're leaving, and I just, I just remember just like crying, and I was like, ding dong. Oh my gosh, the landscaper is here. So I'm like patting my eyes, and I'm going out there, and I'm like, hi, you know, and he's showing me the tree. Sure enough, ma'am, we'll be back here tomorrow. Cut it down. You know, it'll be X amount of money or whatever, and as we're walking back to the front of the yard, we passed the maple tree that was in the backyard, and he said to me, he's like, oh, ma'am, um, let me just say as I'm on my way out, this particular tree right here, this limb right here, totally has to be cut off. It has got, it's disease. We actually call it, he said, unruly growth. And everything is, all the sap is going into that. That's why it looks so lush. He goes, I give you two years. If you don't prune that particular branch, you're going to lose the entire maple tree. And God just spoke to me in that moment as he's saying that. And I'm like, oh my. I literally just had tears in my eyes. And I'm looking at the poor landscape, and I'm like, thank you, thank you. And he was like, no, really, ma'am, it's okay. I, it won't be expensive. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. Thank you, I appreciate that. I said goodbye to him. I went inside, I'm like, God, thank you. I just needed to know what we're walking through, that you are pruning, that you are pruning, that we have been faithful, and that you are pruning us for greater growth, that it's the reward of those who are being fruitful, it didn't feel like it was wonderful, I assure you. But it's like that in life, and it's like that in churches, and it's like that even in individuals. We're going through the pruning process of Jesus. It can be confusing because we're like, wait, 
aren't we doing it? Didn't I do everything right? Aren't I, aren't I trying my best? And we feel the, the blade of the knife. We're like, what's going on? But it's part of the process. And I think for me, it was just being able to recognize the process that I was able just to be like at peace and knowing that God was in control, that he prunes us for greater fruitfulness. I want to ask you this morning, what in your life maybe needs to be cut off? What needs to be cut off? Maybe, maybe it's that friend that you know is no good for you. Maybe it's that habit that you know is just sapping the energy right out of your life. You know, there are things in this life as believers that are never going to be good for us and that distract us from the growth that Jesus wants to do in our lives. You know, maybe it's not something that has to be cut off. Maybe it's just something that has to be cut back, trimmed back a little bit in our lives. You know, maybe it's, let's say, TV. There's nothing wrong with TV, but six hours, I mean, we need, probably need to cut that back a little bit. Maybe cutting back our screen time. You know, whatever it is that we feel like God's just kind of like, I think you need to cut that back. It needs to have, sap needs to be able to go into the parts that are for the good fruit. And I think this past year in the pandemic, I think that this past year has really showed us that, that for many of us, there are a lot of things that got trimmed back in our lives, things that we thought were vital, things that we thought were essential, but weren't necessarily the best for us. And God used that, I know in my life, and I'm sure in yours, for, for pruning and for cutting back, cutting back maybe the busyness that we were in, maybe the overcrowded schedules, like who could have kept that up at a human pace? You know, cutting back, cutting back. And I, you know, you, I love the saying that good is actually the enemy of best and recognizing that, you know what, to say yes to something means saying no to other things. And so we have to be able to allow things to be cut back in our lives so that we can truly focus on the things that are the most important in this life. So remember, when it comes to pruning, that God's job is to prune. Our job is, is to just abide. God's job is to prune. Our job is to abide. I want to show you a picture of a vineyard, what it looks like when it's bushy and vibrant right after harvest. Now, look, you can just see it's got all these leaves on it. It's lush. It's beautiful. But how many you know you can't go into winter looking like that? Though it, it, it will never survive winter. They'll snap off the branches and everything. You don't need all those branches for shade. You don't need all that, those green leaves for chlorophyll to feed that, that grapes that were on there. You don't need all that. And so it's so important to recognize that, that we don't need all those extra things. And so what happens is God comes in and says, we need to hunker down, and that's what he does. He prunes us back. I look at that picture and I say, ouch, that's a lot that got cleared off that we thought was essential. It got pruned down to just about bare bones. But God was pruning it for the next season, for the next harvest that's coming. And the truth is, you know, it's hardest for us to abide when we're being pruned. When we feel like that, and we feel like God's cut things back that we thought were essential and that we really needed, it's hard to lean into him during that abiding time. And I just want to encourage you today that if you feel the steel of that blade coming in certain areas of your life, to lean into the vine. That Jesus is right there for you to lean into him. Because he knows what he's doing. And for us, we're just a twig. We're just a branch. We're just a thing that connects to Jesus. And that we trust the vine dresser because he knows best. He knows best and he knows what needs to be cut, cut back. 
and that we're fine with that because he's got a plan that he's working in our lives. You know, I think our mentality, as I close, I think our mentality needs to be what the author of Hebrews said in Hebrews 12 when it comes to the things that need to be taken and stripped out of our lives. It says, let us strip anything that slows us down or holds us back especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up and let us run with patience that particular race that God has set out before us. Let us strip away all those things. And that's what the pruning process is. God begins to strip those things away so that we can run, so that we can bear that fruit for him. So I just want to ask you this morning, how are you doing as your role as a branch? How are you doing as the branch? Do you recognize in your life your dependence in, on him, on the vine? How's your fruit this particular season of your life? Maybe you're a fruitless branch that the gardener of God needs to take up to himself, lift up to himself, and carry you and reattach you to the true vine. And maybe you're here and you are in that pruning season and it does look bare and it does feel painful and it's uncomfortable. But just know that God is proud of you and that he is pruning you as a reward for more fruitfulness. So embrace it. Don't feel like you've done something wrong. You know, I think it's important that here on Palm Sunday, we are about to go into the Holy Week. And I think for us just to continue to remember Jesus' most precious words to us, that as he was literally having the final hours with his disciples, he wanted us to know he's leaving, but this vine branch relationship is what he wants for us even after he dies and ascends and goes back into heaven. And we're going to be talking about that next Sunday as how he raises from the dead. It's going to be fantastic. But to know as we go into this Holy Week that Jesus is illustrating for us that vine-branch relationship that he so wants us to have. And so I just want to close this in prayer as we go today. And I just thank you so much, God, for your word to us. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we are just so in awe of your awesome, endless love for us that on the night that you knew you were leaving, that you gave us such a beautiful, beautiful visual of how to stay connected to you. Father, forgive us for the times that we have attached ourselves to false vines. Forgive us for thinking that we could even begin to do this life on our own strength and have anything of eternal value to show for it. Father, I just pray for those who are here today that say, if they're honest, they're, they're just struggling. They feel like they have no fruit in their life, and they're really struggling to, to right now. And Father, I just pray that in your loving care, God, that you would lift them up, that you would carry them, that you would attach them lovingly to the true vine. And Father, I just thank you for the health and vitality that's there as they reconnect to Jesus. And Father, I just pray for those who are in a pruning season right now, Father, to feel this, that bareness that comes when you've started to strip some things away in our lives and that you've pruned them. And Father, we just yield to you this morning. We surrender to you right now and just say, have your way in our life, that we trust you, that you are the good gardener, and that you know what we're doing, that we can lean in, and that we can trust you. 
So Jesus, thank you for being that vine, that true vine. And this morning, we declare our absolute dependence on you. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.